uh, I do this thing now. It's like, uh, okay, uh, and, uh, and what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, yeah, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah it's your boy, the Aspen Dad, being a fucking, of being a Chad. It's a, I, I, I stole all that book, Jack Slack, the terrible puns, and I'm, I'm nowhere near as smart as Jack Slack or, uh, good at being an MMA analyst, so maybe I should just not try it anymore. But guys, if you're, for anyone who's a connoisseur of the fine arts of submission undergrounds, like if you're anything like me, you enjoy a nice, nice bit of, nice bit of whiskey every Sunday night and a nice bit of, uh, submission underground. And guys, there's this dude. You may, you may know him cause he's, you know, super duper handsome and he wears a sick Batman rash guard and he's been killing everyone on submission underground lately. Mr. Aaron Batman Teagues. What's up, Aaron? <laughs> hey, what's going on? <laughs> I don't, I've been called a lot of things in Jiu-Jitsu, but not handsome yet. Oh, well, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but guys, like, uh, literally, this guy, like, I noticed him there about, uh, the, uh, not, not the last submission, yeah, submission underground, the one before last, and I was like, that fucking dude has a sick rash guard and sick jiu-jitsu. Is he, is he sick on the dance floor too? Like, what, what the fuck is going on? You, you got, you gotta, you can work in trees, like, yeah, this is squash the rumor. Are you sick on the dance floor, Aaron? I can groove. I can groove. Nice. <laughs> nice. No break dancing for me, but I can I can groove I can groove. I can throw some kicks up. I can do some spins. <laughs> nice man. Uh, it looks so like, very white, but it's good. Ah, uh, you know, like yeah, it's a bit uh it's like so it's like the movie The Room. It's so bad it's good. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, yeah. White boy dancing. <laughs> uh, so, Aaron, like, one thing I'm curious about is, like, how did you first get involved with uh, Chael Sonnen and Submission Underground? Anyway, like, uh, like, how did they first become aware of you? Did you just, you know, how did that sort of come come about? So they that was my first event was in 2020, which was during all the lockdown stuff, which is still going on in some places, but. Um, it was in October of 2020 and they were looking for um, someone for Nick Maximoff, who is an up and coming UFC guy. He just got a UFC deal. He just had his first fight in at UFC. He won, which is cool. So good for him. Um, but they were looking for a match for, for Nick Maximoff. And I had a little bit of previous history with him. I had competed with him um, a couple of times in just some local tournaments at purple belt. And we were both brown belts at that point. And he had, he had beat me, at purple belt. So it was kind of an interesting prospect, I think. So that angle kind of helped. And then I was just the right weight and the right, the right guy for the right time. And it just kind of ended up working out. And I'm, I'm pretty local too. So submission underground is in Eastern Oregon, sort of Portland area. And I'm in Bend, Oregon, which is central Oregon. So it's just a couple, three, three and a half hour drive to get there, which is pretty convenient for them instead of having to drive or uh, pay for someone to, to fly out or something. So it ended up working out really well. Mm. I say everyone's pretty happy with that arrangement. Uh, like, But Aaron, you're actually like one of the few guys on those cards to do gi matches. I'm like, is he the only fucking dude to do gi matches? Because, okay, to be fair, I dipped <laughs> I dipped on Submission Underground for a few events, but I've been watching them a bit more lately. But man, is your next match on the 31st a gi match, or what's the crack? That's going to be a gi match, yeah. So my first two my first two matches were gi matches and that that wasn't really my idea. It was uh Nick Maximov wanted a gi match, which was interesting because he was he's I mean he trains in the gi but he was really focusing on the MMA at the time and um but he wanted the gi match so that ended up happening and it ended up being a really um 
exciting match. And there was, you know, a lot of back and forth with it. It was everyone really liked it, had a really good response. And then my second match ended up being a gi match as well because the response was just so good. Um, so now I've done a few no gi matches in between that, which have gone well, but, um, I just kind of planted the, the idea of doing another gi match, um, a couple shows ago. And then it ended up happening for the, for this co-main event, which is going to be pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, are you planning since since your next uh, your next uh, event is on uh, Halloween? Are you planning on wearing a, a sort of funny gi at all, like a tie dye gi or get a Batman gi? Like, because you know you're, you always wear the Batman rash guards. I mean, it's Halloween. Yeah. You you gotta do it. Like, come on, man. What, do you have anything planned, or do you not want to spoil us? <laughs> I I have I have Batman patches on my gi already. I have a, a full blown Batman gi, um, but. I, 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 it has a, a tear in the knee, so I'm not going to wear that one, which is Aww. disappointing. And they've they've discontinued it now, so I can't get a new one. Um, but I think I'm going to have to bring a Batman mask or something to wear at some point. <laughs> probably <laughs> not during the match. That would be a little little hot and a little sweaty, and probably wouldn't wouldn't help me out too much. But yeah, I could see that being a little bit of an issue. Or how about this? You <laughs> yeah. bo- you both you both wear masks in the regulation period, but like if you if you if you successfully take their mask off. Uh, they lose the match. You have the five minutes to either submit them or take their mask off. <laughs> That's not a bad idea for the Halloween fight, so let's be real. <laughs> it's kind of a good idea. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like something the Joker would come up with. Mm. Uh, but what's like, uh, what's your sort of uh, take? Because like uh, on the whole submission underground format, anyway. Because I know like it's pretty, it's pretty intriguing. Because usually with uh, rule sets that have the EBI overtime, the regulation period would be longer instead of having yeah. the five five minutes. And like often, sometimes the fucking overtime is actually longer than the original, you know, <laughs> yeah. original period was. But yeah. I will say this. My brother, who doesn't even like watching jiu-jitsu, you know, he does Muay Thai and stuff, he likes watching Submission Underground because it has the five-minute period and then the, the overtime, which is a pretty... It's it's entertaining. It's a yeah. grant them that. Well, why am I saying I'm grant them that? It's, I actually like watching it. But, like, uh, what's your sort of take? Like, do you... Like, uh, is it one of your preferred rule sets to compete under? Or uh, what's your what's your thinking? So I'm I'm really enjoying it. And be, before they, they had the, the show at a theater and they'd have big crowds and then with COVID and everything, they had to move it to this isolated area. And it's, they haven't really set up like a TV studio and it's really like built for TV right now. There's a really limited audience capacity, but they've like, they've really tightened the show up. It, the, the show moves really fast. And I think it's, I think the, the, the rule set is really designed to be entertaining for people that don't really know jujitsu all that much. Like, you think about like they're they're trying to find the the UFC fans, the MMA fans, or the the kickboxing fans, or the boxing fans, the guys that that may not know too much about the ground. And I think they're really, I think that's the only way I can explain the rule set because to a jujitsu guy, it doesn't really make sense. You know, like a five minute match, and then it goes into overtime. Like it's it's weird for a jujitsu guy to like come to, to grips with that. Like it's <laughs> come to grips. <laughs> Come yeah. to grips. Yeah. Uh, sorry, man, I yeah. couldn't resist. <laughs> couldn't resist. Come to grips. No, but it yeah. works, and I'll say this. My, one of my biggest gripes, whether we're watching fucking Polaris, because, you know, or on Fight Pass watching Polaris, or watching the fight night, or watching just on the main card, there's a lot of factors, that, you know, for, like, time. Like, oh, yeah, this fight ended too soon. 
run commercial for fucking 10 minutes or have yeah. have very unenthused commentary commentators just fucking waffle for 10 minutes there's very little fat i'll, I'll get to that because the most amount of time a match would be is like 10 to 12 minutes or something including all the yeah. overtimes so there's very little fat that needs to be trimmed so it's very concise about it's very it's very tight and even in, if a match yeah. does end quick you've chased on and just come on the screen and talk for five minutes max while everything's grand i'll say you know you're not sitting there and there's no stupid commercials the whole time anyway <laughs> so you know if you just want to watch some grappling and listen to some insight, it's no, no, uh, it's very good use of your time. So you don't, you know, yeah. won't, be, won't be pestered to. <laughs> yeah, I certainly agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, man, question is, uh, what's it? Um, does everyone else call your man Uncle Chael when he's actually in there? Or is that just something you do for the post fight interviews? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people call him Uncle Chael. And uh, I, I've never called him that. I just. <laughs> I just call him Mr. Sonnen or Chael. Um, I haven't. Mr. I haven't uncle? I need to call him Uncle. <laughs> Mr. Uncle yet. No. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know the backstory on why people call him that, but. I don't yeah, know. Everyone, but... everyone calls him that for some reason. No, I just call, I call him Chael P. Sonnen. Like, I'll tell you something yeah. funny. I was talking to this girl on Tinder there uh, about a week ago, and I texted her saying, oh, yeah, my middle name begins with a P. Why don't you guess what the P stands for? You can see where this is going. And she guesses a whole bunch of names. Like, no, the P stands for effort. She's like, effort doesn't start with a P. Like, yeah, it does. Like, the great Chael P. Sonnen, the greatest UFC fighter that ever lived. And I was like, yeah, I'm afraid since you don't know the reference, this this can't continue. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that, could be, that could be a good test to see if someone's compatible, though, if they get the reference. Yeah, yeah you know, if they, if they, they got to look into it. If they, that's, another, that's another one I test them with, to look into it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god so Aaron uh, one thing I'm curious about each of my guests how you first got into Jiu Jitsu anyway or did you train anything else before starting this I didn't I, I was I was just a little kid I started in 2006 I was about 8 years old um, and my dad he wanted or my mom and dad both wanted to find a martial art for my brother and I to get into and my dad was in the army and they did um, Jiu Jitsu as part of their combatants program for the special forces and for the army in general, they did the Gracie combatives and stuff, but they had a kid's class on the army base and that's where I started. And it, it ended up, I ended up getting hooked. Hoist Gracie would come out like every, every year to, to just see the kid's class and like teach a kid's class and like promote the kids and stuff. It was super cool. And he, he promoted my brother and I to the white, uh, yellow white belt. So our first promotion was by Hoist Gracie, which is pretty cool. Oh man, that's fucking cool. That's decent. Yeah. That's a huge honor for you, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> huge. huge honor for me. I had to work that in somehow, guys. I have to do that in every episode. I'm fucking. It's contractually obligated, you know. Has to, has to be done. And you know, I just couldn't resist. Like, sure, dude, I had to stop myself from screaming heel hooked when you're like, oh yeah, I was hooked. I'm like, oh heel hooked. <laughs> I didn't think they heel hooked children. That was fucked up. <laughs> Is that a form of child abuse, heel hooking children? Eh, not really. I'll eh, get over it. Depends, depends on if it's your kid or not. <laughs> Fucking. Oh my god. Uh, so, Aaron, I know you mostly, like, uh, you're one of the few people, like, like I mentioned, you're one of the few people, I think the only to can regularly compete in the gi and submission underground. What's your preference when you're just training normally? Like, do you prefer gi or no gi? Or when you're just typically competing, like, what would you prefer, gi or no gi? Hard to say. If you asked me a year ago, I'd say 
the gi for sure, just because I, I, I hadn't really focused on no gi all that much. My, um, I did my first no gi match. I, I had like a, a break between like 13 and 21 <laughs> where I didn't do any no gi stuff. Um, and I finally came back to it when I was just a couple of years ago and it was rough at first. And now I'm like, I'm really starting to enjoy it. I'm really starting to like no gi a lot. Mm. And it, it kind of depends. I go through seasons of really liking mm. either one. I say you're enjoying doing less laundry now for sure. <laughs> it, it is, it is crazy. It's very, very drastic. You don't realize how much, how much time we're spending doing gi laundry. Yeah, man, you're talking to a guy who used to have 30 gis. I, I know a thing or two. <laughs> okay. In my defense, I used to have a job that paid really well and then uh, I used to train every single day. So I'm like, like twice a day, every day, and mostly in the geese. So I'm like, eh. and I like buying fancy geese because why not? Yeah. <laughs> no more, no more of that anymore. <laughs> a gee for every day of the month, yeah. Exactly. Actually, uh, but I sold a whole bunch of them, gave a few away. Uh, I I do tie I tie dye a few of them or just dye them weird colors. And sometimes I fucked them up. I'm like, ah, this gee is ruined. I gotta fling it. <laughs> oh man, what would you say? Uh, you personally like? Um, where would your takedowns be more? Uh, situate on would be mostly judo based takedowns or wrestling based takedowns like what's your sort of preference there uh, definitely more wrestling based I I am really bad at judo <laughs> takedowns <laughs> uh, I'd love to be good like there's a like I think about uh, I don't know if you know Dominic Bell he's an Atos guy Dubious Dom is his Instagram handle or something he's I think he's a black belt now at in uh, judo but black belt in jiu-jitsu and he has he has some of the most beautiful judo takedowns I've ever seen. I'm, I'm like, oh man, that's so cool. I, I wish I could do that. But like, I'm just, it's sort of limited. I, I've never been able to like go to a judo school. And so all the, the judo that I know is like jujitsu judo, mm. which that doesn't necessarily have the same finesse as a, as judo judo would. So I haven't really been able to really hone my skills with that. And it sucks getting thrown thrown a lot i'd rather just get taken yeah. down like wrestler style than oh, <laughs> getting thrown man. over <laughs> there's this judo black belt in our fucking gym and he's a fucking uh he's a jiu-jitsu purple belt as well he has the best fucking arm bar of anyone i've ever trained with and i've trained with really yeah. good black belts I'm like nah this judo guy literally even when you have your arms connected it feels like he's just mushing you and your arm's gonna fucking break when you're holding it when you're defending yeah. i'm like oh this is miserable i'm like oh this is terrible but man um should I, I I hadn't seen him in a year. I hadn't trained him in a year because the whole COVID shit. And I trained him. I'm like, oh yeah, man. Oh Jim, I bet you can't throw me five times. And it was a five minute round. Like I said, to him, if you if you throw me with this throw five times, I'll buy you a pint. I was just joking with him. He fucking throws me ten times <laughs> in the one round and just <laughs> buries me into the floor. And I'm like, oh yeah. god, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> just the thought. <laughs> uh, but man. The only judo throw I have is the Tomonagi because it's a fucking guard pull with extra steps. <laughs> uh, it's pull, yeah. pulling guard with extra steps. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that one too. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so that, uh, in your early days of training, did you ever, tra- um, did you ever uh, attend a seminar and did it ever, uh, did ever did one of the techniques they ever taught um, become a mainstay in your game? Because, you know, I found when I was training at an earlier stage, if I go to a lot of seminars, like, I haven't been to one in ages, uh, you know, you know, when you're taking stuff, you're like, oh yeah, this, 
and then it just becomes a part of your game. You know, I don't know if that's a, if I phrased that question well. <laughs> yeah, I, there's been several instances of that, actually. <clears throat> I think the earliest one was um, Amar Barbosa, who uh, he was he beat he beat one of the Gracies in in a match, and that was his like really huge, you know, awesome accomplishment. And then he's he hasn't had a ton of success uh, in competition since that, but um, his his wife is a really really good jujitsu black belt, and she she wins world titles and stuff, but. Um, Amar Bosa, when I was about 13, he did a, he did a couple seminars and he showed a pendulum sweep and that kind of like became my, the only move I did <laughs> for a really long time. I just pendulum sweep every single person I go against and then end up in mountain and arm bar him. Um, so that was one. And then I did a, a seminar with Lucas Lich and he did his coyote, his coyote guard, his dog, um, dog fight and all that stuff. And that just like revolutionized. I think everyone in my gym, <laughs> everyone in my gym's game with that. Um, those were, those were probably like the two biggest, biggest ones that were like, Ooh, this is cool. And like getting the, to hear it from the source and Lucas Lynch was cool. Mm. Oh, dude, I know, man. Uh, two weeks before the lockdowns, he was doing a seminar in Dublin. I got to train with him for three, uh, two days, sorry, two days. And man, it was really good. Like, I still use this thing where if people have you in front headlock, you're like, flare the underhook, step your knee up, and just dive under into half guard and go into yeah. coyote guard. He showed us that, and he's like, guys, you know, um, no, he does this thing, the half guarge, the half guarge. His English is pretty good, except he's like, you know, guys, you're going to the coyote half guarge. It's just a guarge. He kept saying guarge. Like, <laughs> I just thought people were joking when they were saying that, but they're like, no. <laughs> Our man, uh, his back takes in the gi, especially from this from the coyote guard, are fucking really good. I'm like, yeah, that's fucking masterful. <laughs> yeah, he showed a, a lot of different stuff from there, and it was. I still use it almost every time I roll. Really. <laughs> mm. Or one of the ones uh, I use from him is uh, it's like the the wrestle up to the dog fights and like the. Mm. What's it? The Scoopy sweep or the hip under, where you know you're like yeah. hip switch and rolling. That's a very good one. I fucking love that a lot. Yeah, it's so satisfying when you when you hit it because <laughs> it feels almost effortless. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm a bit of a maniac for the back lately, so I, I should really do it more. Because whenever I even see a hit the back lately, I'm trying to take the back. I'm like, stop yeah. taking the back and just fucking sweep them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's your man. You know, back to the take. But you know, it's like a uh, back to the back, like the fucking Back to the Future, but just back to the back. <laughs> That's a very very bad pun. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot like my jiu-jitsu. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Oh, nonsense, man. You're being you're being modest. <laughs> uh, but Aaron, uh, speaking of not being modest, is there anything in the jiu-jitsu community that you don't like? You might even fucking hate it. Like you know, I, I know you might see it on you know just the way people act, fucking message board shit, these terrible Facebook groups where they all repost the same fucking five memes. You know, is there anything you don't like in the jiu-jitsu community at the moment? I'll tell you what really grinds my gears. Ooh, Peter Griffin podium, <laughs> all the podium picks. Of the people just holding the medal in front of the podium, uh, get more creative. You know, find a find a better way to take a picture, <laughs> or or take the picture with the other guys on the podiums. For all we know, yeah. it could have been a two man bracket or a one man bracket. So it's not yeah. fucking stop bullshitting. Or the worst yeah, it one be group group. Yeah, pictures, the, the worst yeah. one is uh, when you see someone. It's the picture of someone's back, 
and they have the medal draped over their back, and you see the medal on their back. I'm like, dude, that's not how you wear a medal. Let's see your ugly face and your messed up fucking your messed up jaw. Come on, bro. <laughs> or my my one, uh, people, my my least favorite. Well, all my medals are on my wall, so I can't really demonstrate. It's like uh, they they bite the fucking medal. Like, oh yeah, it's gold. Yeah, I'm biting gold. Yeah. I'm like. That's not really gold, man. It's a five euro. It's a five dollar medal made of tin. Like, get over yourself. Yeah. Like, obviously, congrats for winning, but it's not gold. It's not literal gold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's obviously that's just. I mean, it's 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 just a trendy thing that people are doing. But I think people could get more creative. Um, I guess the the real answer to that question would be I think I mean it. It kind of depends on different areas, but especially here is. I'd, I'd love for gyms to do more gym exchanges and like be able to co-mingle a lot more. Mm. Like, especially with us, we have, um, there's four jujitsu gyms in our town and it's, it's not that huge of uh, a town. There's, there's probably almost, uh, there's, there's about a hundred thousand people maybe here in, in this town. It's not huge. And so there's four jujitsu gyms and like, and they're all kind of isolated. And like they don't really commingle with each other. Like a couple of them absolutely hate each other. And then our gym is like the neutral gym. Like everyone that like they either get kicked out of this one gym, they come to our gym, or they don't like what's going on at this other gym, so they come to our gym. Like we're we're like the neutral ground, um, where we don't hate anybody, and we're like welcoming to everyone. But I just I think it would be really really cool if, if gyms just like did way more gym exchanges. Mm. Maybe that's just something that. Maybe other gyms do that, and just here in this town, it's it's difficult. But um, I think if people just like to get better, I think people just have to like keep keep combining their games and like getting yeah. to see outside perspective and stuff. Because if you just mm-hmm. roll with the people that you know all the time, like people get to know your game. You know, it's it's always good to be able to go with people that don't know your game in a setting that's not a competition. Mm. You know, Dude, it's actually better for your jiu-jitsu if you'd go with people like that because like I was watching Andrew Wilsey he was talking about it. I was like you you don't get to use your A game a lot in the gym like for me yeah. you know fucking smash pass get to the darse I don't I don't darse that many people in training because everyone knows I'm going to fucking darse them I went to another gym there about a month ago and I fucking darsed a few people because they didn't know what I was on about what I was doing so just grand out I'm like oh yeah my darse isn't shit everyone just knows what I'm fucking doing yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. I have, I have a pretty pretty good triangle choke, but I I don't triangle anybody at my gym, <laughs> very rarely. <laughs> and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. People are like, oh, my jujitsu isn't working anymore. Well, no, everyone else is getting better. You know, it's not it's not yeah. just all about you. You know, people forget that. But you know, it's good. It's good to have people that stop you in your gym that they won't yeah. let you get things in. That's that's fucking awesome. That's really good. Yeah. Keep you on yeah. your toes. It's, it's a good problem to have, but it's also nice to be able to work that a little bit against people that don't know what you're doing. So I think, mm. but, and a lot of, a lot of people only get, get that when they're, when they're competing and you have to pay to go compete. You have to travel to go compete. Like there's a lot of money just to do that. Why not just exchange with other gyms and like, you know, drive 15 minutes to another, another gym to, to be able to get that same similar experience. Mm. Or, you like, know, have, have friendly in-house comps. That'd be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like, you know, like, it's all, it's all fun, it's all grand, you know, it's fucking, you know, we all enjoy this hobby, we all have, we all, we all love it, we all have a bit of crack, we all just want a bit of fun, make make new new friends and strangle them, you know, 
Why has everyone got to be so fucking serious all the time? <laughs> As you do, you got to strangle every one of your friends. Uh, dude, oh yeah, we strangle people in pajamas on in padded rooms better than your group of people who strangle people in pajamas and padded rooms. So, ha, huh, take that. <laughs> That's an over yeah. <laughs> but man, to be fair, in my area there's one gym. There's only us. Like uh, you know, there, there's actually not that many gyms around in our vicinity at all. But like in Dublin, the capital city of Ireland, there is a metric fuck ton of gyms. There is so many. Like literally, it's it's fucking insane. It's not only the capital of of Ireland; it's the fucking jujitsu capital as well. All the all the gyms are there. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, but like whenever I go up there, I'm like, which one will I go to this time? Because you know, it's like fucking, uh, what's it? You're spoiled for choice. You're like, there's so fucking many, yeah. but I've gone to this one like five times. I've gone to this one. I'll go to this one this time. You know, you know how it is. Yeah. Awesome man. Uh, what's it called? What's your What's your thinking on warm ups and stuff? Like, uh, for me, I, I fucking hate running around circles doing all that stupid bullshit. Especially when people like a class an hour long, they spend fifteen minutes doing this fucking stupid jumping jacks, push up stuff. Like, if I want to do that, I do it at home. You know, it's grand out. You know, I'm dared to do jujitsu. Like, what What? How do you guys do the warm ups? Is it actually like uh, like what, what do you guys do? Um, at our our gym, we do a lot of the traditional warm-ups you know run around and then do some forward rolls and shrimps and all that stuff which is not my favorite but i think at this point it's it's become so traditional that you you almost you're just in the habit of doing it all the time but whenever i teach a class uh i try and avoid doing those things i really like either doing some like flow rounds of of kind of kind of sparring but also it's almost like you're one-to-one drilling like this person does a move, you do a move. This person does a move, they do a move back. And like one-to-one drilling slash sparring where it's just like you're just trying to maybe, – maybe you're trying to, you know, get ahead and counter the person sometimes, but you're not amping up too much and you're not like trying to hold position too much. You're just like – just like two uh, kittens, you know, just playing. <laughs> I like I like, I like like that idea to warm up and then – uh, I don't know if you've, you've ever heard of uh, Cameron Shane or not. He is um, – he's a brown belt, but he trains with Rafael Lovato Jr. And he's developed this Budokan mixed movement arts is what he calls it. And it's it's like solo jiu-jitsu movements that he does. So it's kind of – it's almost yoga-ish, but it's – it's all movements that you'll use in jujitsu. So it's a lot of, a lot of it's like on the ground, it's doing, you know, these different movements going inverted and doing all these different things that you just do on your own. Um, so you can like have your, have your group circle up and then they, they're all just doing these different movements. Um, and, and I really have really taken a liking to those. I went and trained with, um, Lovato earlier this year and, and Cameron came out, he lives in Montana. So he came out and he did like this big workshop on the different movements and and um I I really like it. I think it's super cool. So I that's what I try and incorporate in my class a lot too. And it, it incorporates like animal movements and stuff too, like um alligator crawls and and different ape ape crawls and stuff and like Turkish get up type movements and like all these different things that I think are really applicable to jujitsu. Whereas, you know, just doing jumping jacks and burpees, yeah, that's that's cool, but do that outside of your jujitsu time. These, I think a lot of things that, that 
Cameron Shane has kind of developed and put together or you can, what he, his idea is you're doing these by yourself to warm up before there's a body on top of you, right? So you're doing a lot of the same movements. There's just no one trying to hold you down yet. You know, mm. so I, I like that idea. No, I get you. It's easier to do them when no one's squeezing your head. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're not warmed up yet. <laughs> Good point, man. But I like you know, I think stuff like that is way more practical than running around in circles and stuff, or just do just, yeah. or just doing regular yoga. You know, you know, stretch your leg up to your head and do rubber guard. Like that's I literally do that when I'm bored, and I I, I, I do it on one side. Like I play rubber guard off of one side of my fucking my body. But if I do it the other side, I'm like, ah, fuck, this is horrible. <laughs> oh, man, speaking of coaching since you you said that that's what you would do if you were running the warm-ups oh, man, uh, what would you say like if you're teaching like a beginner's class like a day one sort of thing what's the first thing you go through with them like uh, what's the first sort of lesson concept technique you instill in a uh, day one sort of person so I, I definitely would like to introduce you know positions and have people be able to recognize the major positions maybe maybe they don't have to recognize anything having to do with leg entanglements but um you know the guard uh the guard mount side control half guard those those kinds of the the debate the the foundations of jiu-jitsu those those kinds of positions and then i think i'd really focus on escapes would kind of probably be the very first thing maybe maybe you get into a couple <laughs> sweeps and turnovers from the guard but really i think and i i think um the Danaher methodology kind of, I kind of align with that in a lot of ways of, you know, just really focusing on escapes and like making sure that you are comfortable in bad spots before you start attacking and getting, you know, and focusing too much on attacking and, and submitting because when you're first starting out, yeah, you can learn all the submissions and stuff, but you're not really going to be able to use them too much in your sparring rounds because you're going to get smashed by everyone. So if you're able to be, become comfortable in those bad spots, I think that's that's probably the the best to focus on as as a very very new beginner. Mm. Well, plus becoming the guy who can't be fucking submitted, escapes from everything, scrambles out of every fucking thing you put him in. That's a pretty good position to be in. Because to be fair, we've all had these rounds where we're escaping from everything someone's putting us into. We feel like you know, we feel like Neo in the Matrix. Like ah, no one can touch me. I'm escaping on yeah. side control. I'm getting out of all these fucking leg locks. I got out of that arm bar. Nothing can touch me. Escape the back, no bother. Obviously, okay, obviously you shouldn't get your fucking back taken if you're actually any good, but like, <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm, uh, let's not get into Unless that. Unless you're Jeff Glover and then <laughs> you're Jeff Glover, you give up everything. That guy's a madman. But man, uh, what's it called? You know, and you know, to be fair, if you're escaping the whole time, they're, they're spending so much effort trying to s- submit you again and again and again. They'll get tired, you submit them, or they'll get fucking angry yeah. and they'll, 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 get, they'll get annoyed that you're getting, that nothing's working, they'll make a mistake, they'll catch them. So, you know, it's not a terrible style of jiu-jitsu because you're doing shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's if it works, it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, speaking of which, like, what would your coaching style mostly entail? Would you consist of mostly drilling, uh, sparring, or positional uh, positional rolling? Like, what would you say out of three of them takes up the most amount of time in your classes? I, I think sparring is is the most important part of jiu-jitsu. I, I'm not I'm not the kind of guy that really likes, you know, drilling something, you know, a hundred times and then your partner drills it a hundred times. I like just drill it a couple times. Maybe you maybe you wanna 
spar out the position a little bit and like explore different options and explore what's working and what's not. But I think like the super repetitive drilling has never really stuck with me. And I understand the mindset behind it. I understand why it could be beneficial, but I think there's other ways to get, to get about it or jujitsu is different than like playing guitar or something where you have to be repetitive to get, you know, your, your fingering right on the, on the different frets. Whereas jujitsu, it's, I don't think you need to do that same kind of heavy repetitive motion. Mm. Maybe with your takedowns and stuff where if you're wrestling, trying to shoot your double leg and, and those kinds of things, maybe you need a little bit more repetition. But like with guard passes and a lot of these different movements and submissions and stuff, I don't think you need, you know, tons and tons of reps. You need more time like problem solving in those situations mm. where you need where you need someone that's trying to not let you do it. Maybe they're not trying 100 percent, but um yeah, I think sparring and then positional positional work is probably what takes up most of the, most of the time. Mm. Well, plus, like, let's let's be honest. All these people are like, "Oh, I repped that a hundred times tonight." Was each and every one of them a perfect rep, or was some of them lazy? Exactly. Let, yeah. Let's yeah. let's be real for a second. Some of these people do lazy reps, or is their partner just phones it in and throws their arm in there just to get it done over and done with? Yeah. Because you know, hey, you know, lots of this shit is lazy reps in my opinion. But hey, yeah. you know. In my opinion, the way you work shit is you drill it a bit, you fight for you fight from the fucking position, you work it from the positional, and then you try hit it in open in regular rounds. That's that's that is the best way to hit stuff, in my my not so humble opinion. <laughs> I'd agree with that, yeah. <laughs> Super humble. Awesome man, um what would you say is the most important value that's been instilled in your gym environment? Like uh you know, what's the sort of, you know, ethos at your at your place like so my my coach his name is Ryan Clark. He's been he's been training for a really really long time and he's been teaching for a really long time. And he's gone through um a couple of different gyms um and, and just moving to different parts. He's been in he's been really training in Oregon most of the time. A little bit in California, but he's had several different gyms in in Oregon and those have changed for different reasons and just moving and um different reasons. So he has a lot of different experiences with running a gym and he has a really hands-off approach to to his gym where I think some some gyms have you know the head instructor is like you have to you have to bow to the head instructor and you have to you know show a ton of respect to the, the head instructor but Ryan is really he's he's in the trenches with us you know he's one of those guys that leads you know from the front lines he doesn't lead he doesn't lead from from the throne, you know. Um, and I think that sort of approach and like having him feel like just one of us and one of one of the, the teammates, and you know, we we can come to him with with questions, and he comes to us with questions sometimes too. Um, I think having that kind of hands off approach is has been super helpful, and it's it's led. He he's really tried to promote, you know, me and. I have uh, several other teammates, but trying to promote us to teach too, you know, and like stepping back and like having us teach classes and, and having us do certain things, which is, you know, allowed, you know, I, I wouldn't say different clicks or different, um, different groups because like everyone's not necessarily separated and, and segregating into different groups. So, oh, I like, I like this person's class more. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with this person and, and go to their class more than, 
more than Brian's class. Like, I don't think that happens, but like he's, he's been able to develop these different, um, different classes where, you know, you go here and you, you get to learn this perspective and then you get to go to learn a different perspective. And like some, some gyms, it's just one instructor and he instructs all the different classes and like everyone rolls just like the coach. And at our gym, like everyone has such a different game. All the high level guys are like, very very different in their in their styles some guys i have a guy that, that he really likes leg locks and he's he'll tear your legs off and he's the only one that is like super dedicated to that and then i have another guy he's super well-rounded he has a really interesting game and then ryan is just like he his fundamentals are like so perfect that it's like <laughs> It's hard to deal with, and it's also like very predictable because he's doing the exact right thing <laughs> in every different <laughs> scenario, you know. Um, mm. No, no, dude, right. that's re- that's really yeah. good to de- delegate and stuff as well because you know if if there is just a one coach and he's teaching every single class, eventually, like they might not even be doing it on purpose. Sometimes they'll phone it in, like not, not you know, obviously if you're doing teaching just every single day not every single class is going to be a grand master class of oh yeah, yeah here's a revolutionary new way to think of half guard you know but if you're delegating out you can still you know have the enthusiasm because you're not teaching every single day it's not like the monotony of a job where you're going in you're doing the same thing every day like i'll say every day again but you know plus you know like you said they might learn something new because, you know, jiu-jitsu is constantly changing. And with the new leg locks and stuff, if someone has been looking at that for years and they're teaching it and the coach hasn't, they're like, oh, I never thought of that. That's something cool in the new new sort of meta of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And, dude, it's fucking it's really good because it's especially when all the different coaches have different styles. Like, I talked to this guy for a good for body lock and wrestling. I talked to that chick for Baron Bolos. I talked to this guy for fucking heel hooks and knee bars and shit. You know, variety. You know, what's, you know. Yeah, exactly. Super good to have. 100%. Okay, so Aaron, we've reached a segment of the podcast. I like to call a round of specifics. Just a bunch of random questions. Some about jiu-jitsu, some aren't about jiu-jitsu. So, do you want to do a round of specifics? Let's do it. Excellent. Uh, man, uh, what was the first gi you ever had? And it, it better not have been a Batman gi. Um, that's a good question. I I have it. I don't remember. It's, it might be an Atama or Atami or something brand. It's one of these, one of these old school white, super thick white geese <laughs> that I had when I was a little kid. But it's signed by Hoist Gracie, so oh, that's, man. That's, I still have it. Do you have, do you have it framed or anything with your with your first belt? <laughs> yeah, I've got it. I've got it in a shadow box. Man, that's you got to send me a picture of that later. That looks fucking cool as hell. Yeah, that looks really cool. Uh, man, what would you say is your most embarrassing injury? Just there would be a jiu-jitsu injury or non-jiu-jitsu injury. Just the way you got injured was just fucking ridiculous. Recently, I haven't had one, luckily. Um, but when I was younger, I was I did something super stupid. I thought I was I thought I could be slick, and I thought I could be a parkour guy, and I thought I could you know be Tarzan for a second, and I just jumped from a rock to grab onto this tree and I thought I could like jump, grab onto it, swing off of it and then land on my feet. And I jumped, I grabbed it and then just <laughs> the, the grip completely went and I just fell and I, I ended up breaking my, um, I think my radius in my, in my forearm. And it was pretty embarrassing because <laughs> it was like I had, I had run up in front of, uh, my family as we were doing this hike. And like 
as they were going to walk by, I was going to do it, and they were going to be like, oh, that's, that was sick. <laughs> oh, my God. But as they walk by, I jump and swing and then fall. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, I thought, you'd, I thought you'd have good grip strength from all the jiu-jitsu and doing the gi stuff. Like, bro, what happened there? I thought so, too. I thought so, too. Fucking hell, man. Oh, on, a scale, on a scale of 1 to 69, how satisfying is wrist lock and white belts? It's a 69 for sure. 69. <laughs> oh, man, if you could time travel to any historical period, where would you go and why? That's a very good question. Um, I definitely like to, I mean, there's, there's three that come to mind. I, I love Egyptology. I love to go see Egypt and I'd love to see how they built the pyramids and I'd love to see, you know, how life was lived there. I love biblical history. So I'd love to go, you know, um, to, to see Israel during, you know, Jesus's time and, and be able to see what that was like and, and witness how, um, how the Romans handled things and stuff. And then I think it would be really interesting to, to travel to, and this is, this is my America coming through, but I'd love to, <laughs> to be able to go see colonial America and like see the, see the revolution and, and be able to see how, you know, the different, the different pieces played through. I think that would be really interesting too. Mm. I'm a little bit of a history nerd. You know what perplexes me? Jesus has been training for 2000 years, but he still can't get out a crucifix. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Catholics. They keep putting him back. Like he's man, putting him back on there. At what points do you throw in the towel? Like man, maybe jiu-jitsu isn't for me. I just keep getting crucifixed <laughs> <laughs> or crucified. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'm stupid. <laughs> oh, man, speaking of speaking of terrible positions, do you play around with lapel guard, yay or nay? Yay. Nice. I What's your? I know what that's is? gross, but I do. My it was actually really my dad that got me into it. My dad, he trains still. He just he just got his brown belt. Uh, a week or two ago, which is pretty cool. Um, but he he really actually started doing it, and that's and that's when I started playing it a little bit more. Mm. Uh, what what lapel guards you like? Do you like Squid Worm Anubis Polish Worm Rider or some other weird one? <laughs> I've never heard of Anubis, but I I play Squid and I play um, the Worm. Those are the two that I focus on. Mm. Oh, dude, you actually you'd, you'd really like the guy who created Anubis Guard. It's my friend Ganon Lang. He trains at Legion. He loves Egyptology as well. All that stuff's named after him, like uh, named after Egyptology, like Anubis Guards. The fucking he was trying to come up with one, the Slifer Sweep, like Yu Gi Oh, like <laughs> stuff like that, uh, or the Sarcophagus is this one position. It's just single leg X with the lapel in, and there's a lot of like variation stuff. It's really good. I have his instructions. Not sponsored, not sponsored. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, if you created a guard, what would you call it? Let me guess. Is it Batman guard, Gotham guard, I don't know, Bat guard or something? <laughs> it, would, it would probably be the Bat guard. Uh, bat guard. A bat guard. <laughs> I have a couple positions where one of them I call the bat wing um, that I work on. That's it's, it's from like a cross, it's a cross knee pass or a uh, knee slice pass defensive position where you grab you grab their lapel and you wrap it around your own knee like a wing. I call it the bat guard <laughs> or the bat I, uh, the bat wing. I, I actually I have something. It's called the dipshit guard. It's like shin on shin, but you grab you grab the pant leg and you just X around their one shin. It's called the dipshit guard because 
You'd have to be a dipshit to play it, and you have to be a dipshit to actually get swept by it because it it doesn't work. So the, <laughs> the dipshit guard, or I have Mother Teresa guard, where it's it's just when it's just when your gi gets pulled over your head like a fucking like a nun's fucking head thingy, like Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa guard. <laughs> no joke, people like some That's you know the portfolio you, guard. Uh, uh, I know it's a it's a it's a bit long winded. Plus, it's it's funnier, you know. People and I are super religious, so you know that's uh it's funny. <laughs> uh, man, if you could legalize any weird color for IBGF geese, like whether it be orange, pink, or yellow, or whatever, what what color would you pick to make legal for IBGF? It would have to be gray. Yeah, gray gray geese are really nice. Night. Nice. What sort of uh? Let's settle the d- debate once and for all, man. Which fucking Batman looks the best? Is it the blue and grey with the yellow fucking circle and the bat symbol there, or is it the black and grey with just the the bat on it with no yellow in, in behind it? Which one is better? That's a good question, and I think it's it's situational. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've read The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, but he has Batman goes through all the different suits. In that he has he has the big symbol and he has the circle one and he wears them at, at well they get torn up so he has to switch anyway but um i think it really depends i really like frank d- developed this idea of the the yellow oval one he has that so that it's a target that people want to shoot because he has armor there and that's mm. the only place he has armor i think that's a cool idea um so I, I don't know. It kind of depends on the situation. Depends on mm. who he's fighting. Depends on the context of the comic. On which which suit mm. is the, is the best? But I really I like them equally. I tell you, they missed the trick because you know his armored bat suit in the Batman in and the Dark Knight Returns that doesn't have a symbol on it, does it? Uh, the big, think... the big armored one does not. No, yeah. They Maybe missed the trick. They, they, could, they could have put a really cool one on. They could have put like a. They they could have made a new one. I, I'm sick and they didn't. Yeah, they really should have. They, they yeah. missed the trick because he had cool ears. Like, what do you think? Long or short ears? Again, that's situational. <laughs> I I love the long ears though. I think same here. I, I love long as, ears. As man. far as really like good. the silhouette and the goth, the the horrors. I like. I love Batman being like a, this scary, horrific thing that that criminals are scared of. Um, one of my favorite comics is called Arkham Asylum. Hmm. By Grant Grant Morrison, who I think I think he's an Irish guy. Um, so there's there's a homage homage to you, <laughs> Grant Morrison. Um, but Dave McKean is the artist on that, and he he depicts Batman as like this. He's almost he's you never get a like clear view of Batman in that comic. He's he's all he's always like he's almost like a smoky shadow. In the, in the entire comic, and he has these giant, oh. huge ears, which are entirely impractical, but they just look awesome. Mm. I tell you, man. Like, uh, question: What's your favorite? Like, guys, I swear to God, like, uh, we'll do a quick aside on Batman. We talked about jujitsu for forty minutes, so we'll talk about Batman stuff yeah, for a bit. Batman time. Yeah, you know, it's, it's Batman time. But like, uh, what would you say is your favorite interpretation? Like, you know, there's several different versions of of, of him. What's your favorite per, uh, personally? Uh, you talking comics or, or movies or TV? Any anything overall. I love The Dark Knight Returns is the quintessential Batman story. I think by Frank Miller. Uh, year One is awesome too. 
but those two are my favorite. It's really, I, really overdone year one, though, because I was, uh, yeah. I, I'm glad this next one isn't going to be an origin story if, again, because if I swear to God, if I see fucking Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered one more time, I'm going to go out and murder someone's fucking parents. We've seen it. We've done that. We've been there a million times. Oh, it'll happen again. It'll happen again. Okay. I will grant them if it's like a, an opening crawl, like montage sort of thing. If they, yes. I will let them give it a 20 second snippet, but that is all. The way they did it in Batman vs. Superman, where it's just a 20 second snippet, fine. Besides the weird yeah. bat demon in the fucking cave dream thing, that was kind of stupid, but whatever. <laughs> good, ca- yeah. good casting, though, as Je- Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne. Good casting. Even though he was only there for one second. I do, they missed it, they missed the trick. They could have done a flashpoint with him as Thomas Wayne in that universe. That would have been so good. They really should have. I think, I think they were initially planning that, but it just fell through. Mm -hmm. Nah, but, okay. I'll tell you, at least uh, we're getting Michael Keaton back, so I won't complain too much. Yeah, I am, I'm excited to see how that is going to work out. That that should Uh, be pretty cool. But I tell you what I would do if I was making a new Batman movie. I'd have it be grand, have it be normal, but here's one little trick I do. All the board members of the fucking Wayne Enterprises would all be the other cunts who played Batman and have George Clooney, fucking, literally get George <laughs> Clooney, Val Kilmer, fucking Ben Affleck, and have all of them just as the stuffy board members who don't get it, and yeah. you know, that sort of thing. I think that's a good idea. That is a good idea. I like that idea. Mm. You know, something, I don't know, it's, it's, it's grand, but man, I have to admit, I, uh, sorry, I got a bit of a, a contentious topic for you here now. Some people are kind of they're kind of pissed off at the new Batmobile. They don't like it at all. I, I think it's fucking cool looking. I know we only saw it for a second. I like the muscle car look. I think it's really cool. Like, what's your thinking on the new Batmobile? Because some people they didn't like the tumbler. What they, people people complain about the Batmobile all the time. The one from Batman and Robin looked like a plastic toy. The one from Batman Begins looks like a just a tank. The one from the one from Batman vs Superman is pretty good though. I like that. What's your thinking of the new one? Uh, I think it's cool. I like to see more of it. I think that the idea of it is cool. It's kind of the prototype Batmobile. I think is a, a cool idea. Um, yeah, I, I think it's cool looking. Hmm. But man, you can't. You literally can't top the one from Batman Beyond. The Batmobile and that was really cool. The fucking because it was a fucking hover car and a jet and it was really fast. So don't even it's don't cool, even yeah. at me. Batman, Batman Beyond is, is, I love Batman Beyond. If they, if they do a live action Batman Beyond, I'd freak out. Man, that's, it's my big favorite. That's my favorite fucking show interpretation of anything Batman related. That's my favorite. Batman Beyond. Yeah. The suit is Return, so fucking cool. It's, yeah, it's cool. Return of the Joker, that movie is, is one of the best Batman movies, I think. Mm. Yeah, but dude, Batman um, Beyond one. yeah, one thing I wish they did, because they had the opportunity to do it, give him a kryptonite suit with like the the green accents and a green symbol and green eyes, like in like in Injustice Two, but just for the Beyond fucking suit. I think that would look really cool. They missed the trick. That would look cool. Mm. Yeah, it's a good idea. Mm. But man, uh, what's a, how are you hoping this new one will do? Because I'm liking the direction they're going. Because it's something new, something refreshing. I think it's awesome. Plus, uh. If you look closely at the bat symbol, it looks like a gun that's been broken in half. I think that's think yeah. that's awesome. I'm, I, yeah. like, it's, people complain about this new one. They think it's going to be shit. I'm like, dude, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be really good. At least something refreshing. Yeah, I I think it's going to be good too. I'm excited. I'm excited to go, and I I don't want to get my hopes too high. But yeah, I think the director he's he's good. I 
I really like the the Planet of the Apes movies that he did. Mm. I think those movies are pretty awesome. <laughs> and I I like Robert Pattinson. I think I think he'll do a good job, even though a lot of people are, are bashing on him. I think he has I think he has the chops to make a really interesting Batman. Man, those fucking Twilight movies were like fucking they were in two thousand and eight. When when could would you not let your man just live it down? It was like thirteen years ago. Yeah. How how would these people like if people were bringing up shit they did thirteen years ago? They wouldn't appreciate it. So fuck off. Leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> just, exactly. just, leave, just leave him alone. Just leave him alone, bro. Leave leave this millionaire actor guy alone. I know he can sleep with a different fucking woman every single night, and he's super handsome, and he has so much money. But leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, we gotta oh, defend him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but man, uh, I, 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 to be fair, I haven't looked at any of the other DC shit because, like, to be fair, can you blame me, man? All that other stuff no. was f- really bad. Like, you know, I watched Batman vs Superman when it first came out. So I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. I didn't watch Wonder Woman till like last year. I thought it was okay. I'm not. I didn't watch Justice League. I might watch the Snyder Cut there, but I don't know, man. Well, what's your thinking, man? I, I don't. I've heard mixings about Aquaman. I haven't, I haven't, I've kind of avoided things too. I, I saw Wonder Woman. I thought it was okay. The, I, I watched Justice League on an airplane and it was, it's the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It's Ugh. absolutely awful. Like I absolutely hated it. Um, and then I watched, I ended up watching the Snyder Cut just because I had to. <laughs> like there, it couldn't get any worse. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised with the Snyder Cut. It's, it's very long and it's, it, it it never was super super tedious. Like it, it held my attention for the, in, the entire thing, but I still think it, it's it's still the 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 story and the direction that they were going with it. Just you can't make it all that good just with the the story that they're going with. Like it it was it wasn't that good. It wasn't as good as I think the the Justice League animated series is. Mm. The quintessential Justice League to me. Yeah, dude, you and can't. I, you, you literally. They did such a great job that no one can top yeah. them. They did. They, they did it too well. Like, they yeah. did it too well. So, yeah, that's the standard I'm. I'm holding it to, and <laughs> it's not going to touch it. Yeah, it may not be a fair comparison, but you know, it's a comparison that's going to be made. So you know, this is the way of yeah. it, guys. I'm. Ter- I'm sorry. I know we've been ranting about fucking. Uh, Batman and shift and DC for the past ten minutes. I <laughs> know. Uh, let's give Marvel a ten second snippet. Uh, eh, past Marvel, eh, it, it peaked at Endgame. It peaked at Endgame. I never saw it. I haven't. I haven't watched any Marvel movies since, aside from Spider Man. I haven't watched any since the first Avengers. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> well, I'm notice. I'm noticing a theme. Maybe we just don't like Joss Whedon. <laughs> yes. There is. That is a good correlation to draw. Yeah. Maybe that that could be that could just be the thing. Maybe oh, we should actually, get a, I watch a, I watch Guardians of the Galaxy. I like those movies. Yeah, those are really good. I like those. But um, what's it? One thing I don't want them to fuck up the next Spider-Man movie. Like uh, with uh, because they could easily go wrong with all the oh we're gonna just do all the multiverse and callback bullshit. Like oh yeah, you know these Spider-Man movies from twenty years ago. Let's just uh, I don't know bring back people from that. Why not instead of. To be fair, people are getting sick of new interpretations of this guy, this guy, and that guy. So, you know, it could work out. I hope it does, but we'll see. And I'll yeah. rant over. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll get back to jiu-jitsu questions. I'll, like, <laughs> I'll, uh, all right, there was only, like, um, 
There was one Jitsu question left. <laughs> oh man, how annoying is Lapel Guard when you're passing it? That's the last Jitsu question. Um, it can be really annoying. I I haven't actually really. I ran into it only only one time in competition, and that was against Adam Bradley, who's a hot toast guy. He's a cool guy. Um, shout out to Adam Bradley. But yeah, he was he was really the first and only guy that I've run into that was playing lapel guard on me, and that was kind of that was kind of like one of my first times having to actually deal with lapel guard. So it, looking back on it, I didn't really know what to do. So there's there's a factor. So I don't know how annoying it would be nowadays. But going with going now against lapel guard, I don't really mind it too much. Like I think. It can be it's annoying to pass, but I I stop trying to pass if that makes sense. Like instead, I'm looking for leg entanglements. I'm looking for to, ways to take the back when people start trying to go lapel guards, and that seems to work out pretty well. And it it ends up if I'm not getting to their legs or I'm not getting to their back, it ends up creating a scramble where they they have to let go anyway. So I've kind of given up on trying to pass, mm. <laughs> and on a lot of lapel guards. Mm. So what you're saying is New Wonder Woman movie was shit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I get you, man. To be fair, whenever I play lapel guard on someone and they sit on their ass, I'm like, oh, God, I'll just foot like them. You know, there to be yeah. fair, no, no one plays lapel guard on me. There was one guy who does, but he, he didn't play it as well as I do. <laughs> so, so humble, so humble. Uh, yeah. I'm missing. No, but Aaron, that was a good question, mate. And guys, we've reached the end of the podcast there. If you want to follow Aaron on Instagram, it's at Aaron Teagues BJJ. It'll be in the description anyway, in case I said it wrong or I omitted any uh, underscores or slashes or any weird symbols that people have in their goddamn names. Uh, so, Aaron, was, do you, there's nothing in there, yeah. Uh, so, Aaron, do you have anything to say before we shoot off, my man? Um, sure. Catch me on Submission Underground on the 31st of October on Halloween. Where he, he may or may not be wearing a Batman mask. <laughs> yeah, you got to tune in to find out, you know. Yeah, um, you know. Yeah, that. Uh, check out War Tribe Gear. They're they're my jiu-jitsu sponsor, and they, they make awesome jiu-jitsu geese, rash guards, apparel. Check them out. Uh, if you're in Bend, Oregon at any time, check out Clark's University of Martial Arts. That's where I train. And would love to have you. Um, yeah. Also, check out uh, All Things Possible. It's a, called ATP as well is the, the acronym for it. And they are a humanitarian uh, group that help people suffering from human sex trafficking. And then they also help refugees and, and people that have undergone lots of trauma. So they're they're working a lot on the um, on the U.S. border helping people. And then in the Middle East, they're helping a lot of people that especially with everything going on in the Middle East. They're, they're trying to, to help get families out of Afghanistan and, 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 and trying to, to, to save as many people as they can. So mm. check out All Things Possible as well. Mm. Uh, guys, they'll have all that stuff linked in description, so you don't have to go searching it. It'll just be linked in description, so you can click all that and go crazy. So Aaron, thanks for coming on. Really enjoyed our chat, and I'll talk to you later. Thank you, man. This was fun. Cool.